Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. So today I want to talk about, does IoT need wireless? Well, hell yeah. I mean, you can hook it up the old way. What good's that going to be? Anyway, first, let me thank my sponsors. Tower Tracker Pro. For your tower closeout package needs. It's a software as a service that will take all your closeout packages step by step through so the crews can do it right the first visit. And also, Tower Safety and Instruction. Kathy Brand runs a fine school. She has a caption contest. So if you go to towersafety.com, she has a contest where you have to like give the caption, you know, you have to put words to the caption where she's a picture of her in front of two climbers. You got to check it out for yourself. TowerSafety.com slash get ready enter tower safety super team contest. Go to towersafety.com. I'm sure you'll see it there. But what's in it for you? Why would you do something like this? I'll tell you why. Because there's a hundred dollar gift card to the Home Depot, and who couldn't use a hundred bucks at Home Depot, especially in this business? Am I right? Man. So enter the contest today. It's going to be open from August 5th to August 31st, which it's already after August 5th when I'm recording this. Today's the 6th is the day I'm recording it, and I won't release it probably till, oh, maybe the 9th. But anyway, thought you guys would like to know. TowerSafety.com, not only a great school for all your tower training needs and drone training, but also, you know, OSHA, the tower safety, the rescue. She just has so much, and it is a state-accredited school. I wouldn't steer you wrong on that. HubbleFoundation.org. Hubble, H-U-B-B-L-E, Foundation.org. Make a donation. They don't pay me for this. I'm just such a fan of what they do because they support the families of injured tower climbers and also the families of fallen tower climbers. And there's also the Tower Family Foundation, which is backed by Nate, and they also support the families of fallen tower climbers. These uh, TowerFamilyFoundation.org, HubbleFoundation.org, these two organizations are very important to me. They do a lot of good work. And let's just hope that you never get in a situation that a lot of these tower climbers get in because they get hurt often. It's a very high-risk job. And let's get back to me, the Wireless Deployment Handbook. One sale now, end-to-end deployment needs for small cell CRAN and DAS. And the other thing I put together is my larger package, the Wade for Wireless Wireless Bundle, which has the SAL training, has a tower climber book, has a site book, and it has the wireless deployment handbook in it, and it also has the Tower Climber audio book in it. If you're interested, there it is. I'll have all the links in my blog at Wade for Wireless, W-A-D-E for Wireless, just for you. So, let's move on. Let's talk about IoT and wireless. So, does IoT need wireless? Well, hell yeah. What are you going to do, run Cat5 cables everywhere? Now, don't get me wrong, we still need a backhaul, we still need the connection, but the whole idea is to connect machine to machine wirelessly. That's what I'm talking about. What they could have is you could have a wireless connection to a box, like the old SCADA systems. Does everyone remember SCADA? You have it to a box, and that is where you actually have the connections. You could have Cat5 or anything else in there. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because everyone thinks we we need more bandwidth, more bandwidth, and more bandwidth, right? This in a particular machine-to-machine environment 
is gonna need less bandwidth. If you think copper is the only way to connect all these, then go ahead and make a call on your landline if you can find one, you know what I'm saying? And when I say landline, I mean one through Ma Bell, not your cable modem. <laughs> Technically, that's a broadband connection. Uh, I just want to bring that up because a lot of people lately are like, they miss the copper lines and they talk about, oh, it's a shame they're gonna sunset copper. Well, go ahead. Call uh, Verizon, tell them you want copper in your house. Tell them you want those landlines in your house. Let them know, let them know that's what you need. Let's talk IoT, machine to machine, and let's talk small data networks, which sounds crazy, right? Because small data packets, that's what these things wanna do. They just wanna communicate and blip, blip, blip. Imagine when you have a network in your house that has your thermostat. Is your thermostat going to give you like all the information in your house, oh, the temperature in each room is this and this and this and then send you video, no. It's gonna say, hey, I'm set at whatever, 78 degrees for your house. And you're gonna get a blip back saying, okay. And then if you change it, it's gonna say, now set it to 76 degrees. Very small data packets. So how are they gonna communicate in these small data packets? Well, that's what we're gonna to discuss today. Small data packets and what different technologies you can have. Now the reason they have different backhauls for this and different spectrum for this is because on Wi-Fi, you have huge packets. It's really optimized for huge packets and you can do it now. And in the house, I would imagine in the home, they're gonna use Wi-Fi at some point. They may have another hub. People, I don't think want that. They want a connection that's easy, something they already have and they want their own connection. So I, I did notice like a lot of these things have a hub, but the hub still connects through Wi-Fi but it has a different network that connects to these devices in your house. And I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. The other thing is LTE. So the carriers have LTE, they're trying to get it everywhere. You know, I mean, all the, the big four anyway, they're trying to put it everywhere. And that's important because we are gonna need that for a backhaul. The carriers really, at least here in the States, they run the wireless world. Unfortunately, you can't do much without them because they do have a connection everywhere. But there are other technologies out there and there's other companies that are uh, building up using the spectrum that we thought once was gone, say the 915 megahertz band. Anyway, I'll get into that in a minute. Let's talk about the first one. So how will wireless IoT work? Well, they're gonna have something like LoRa, L-O-R-A. It's a low bandwidth system, and there's a LoRa Alliance, I have it in there, it's just LoRa, L-O-R-A hyphen alliance.org if you wanna read more about LoRa. But what they talk about is the chips that they're gonna put in and it's the format they're gonna to use to communicate that's very efficient for small spectrum. So all that spectrum that the carriers did not suck up, say the small stuff, you know, that only has maybe, you know, 12 and a half to 25 kilohertz, that's something that they can use for this. Now, in LoRa's case, they utilize spectrum that is sub gigahertz, like the 109 megahertz, 433 megahertz, 866 megahertz, and 915 megahertz. And the reason they do that is because it's smaller amounts of spectrum that apparently nobody else wants. And also at that spectrum, very low power can go a lot farther than it can at the higher bands. So it, it seems to make a lot of sense and the spectrum really isn't being used for much else anyway. So I think it's actually great. So good luck to lower. I, I, I sort of hope, you know, this other stuff takes off because the one thing I look at is utilities. Utilities are gonna need something very cost effective to do their backhaul and they're not afraid to build networks, but it's just not practical. 
And I think what they look at is a way to get wooed by LTE. They're like, oh, if we could only get LTE spectrum. And if they're waiting on FirstNet, well, let's just say if they were holding their breath, they'd not only be blue, but they'd be dead by now because FirstNet still didn't happen. I know the bids are in. It should happen soon. The utilities really need a way to communicate. So there's another format out there. LoRa is not the only one. We need competition to be healthy, right? So there's another one called Sigfox. S is in Sam. I-G-F-O-X, F is in Frank, Sigfox. And it's another outdoor communication, which is what I'm concentrating more out, uh, what here, is outdoor communication for IoT. And again, made from very small packets, you know, very efficient with small packets. But it does use the ISM band, which here in the States, 915 megahertz is what they use. And they use two types of formats, like, I'm, I'm trying to think one coming down is like phase shift keying and the other one going up, I think, is uh, another type of phase shift keying. I just can't. It uses two different ways to communicate coming down and going up. I, I don't know why they did that, but hey, it seems to work. And I, I do know why they did that to get the data through the noise. 915 could be very noisy, very low power. So they just want to come up with the cleanest way to communicate. Sigfox is that way for a low power wide area network. So it's pretty cool. What else? To, oh, if you want more on that, I have an article in my blog uh, at wadeforwireless.com. Does IoT need wireless is the name of the blog. So I wanted to put the link in there so you could actually understand how it works. I, I just give a high level here. You know, you guys feel free to investigate. For the smart home, inside the building, in the office, you have a lot of different choices. Obviously, of Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is everywhere. Why would you want to use Wi-Fi? Because it's everywhere. Why wouldn't you want to use Wi-Fi? There's a lot of problem with battery efficiency because you have to remember that's why in the smart home they have other formats like ZigBee, Z-I-G-B-E-E, ZigBee, and then you have Z-Wave, Z-Wave, and you have, obviously, you have Bluetooth. The problem with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth is it's a drain on the battery. Batteries are important because this stuff's probably not going to be powered up a lot of it. You know, it's got, when I say not powered up, it's not going to have AC power or wired power. It's going to be battery operated. And it sucks down the life of your unit. Look at your device. When your device isn't connected, you know, it really does suck it down. But I got to admit, the batteries in the smartphones now are pretty amazing. They last for hours. It's, it's really incredible. So what we don't know is ZigBee and Z-Wave. I mean, you guys know about LTE, you know about Bluetooth, you know about Wi-Fi. But what about ZigBee and Z-Wave? Well, ZigBee for IO2. IO2. <laughs> ZigBee for IoT. Well, according to the ZigBee Alliance, which is at ZigBee.org, Z-I-G-B-E-E.org, and they do explain it there. It's basically a wireless language that is used to connect devices which is a generic explanation. I mean, I wish it would give a better explanation. So I went to Wikipedia where they explained Zigbee, and they explained it's actually more or less a line of sight system, which you think about, it, it's in your house, right? It would be 2.4 gigahertz in most countries, but they have 915 megahertz they use in the USA and Australia. They use 784 megahertz in China, and they use 868 megahertz in Europe. So the lower the band there, the better. That's probably why they like the 915, the 868, the 784. Because again, very low power. It's ISM band. It's license free. You don't want to deal with any of that. So that's made for very small, efficient bursts of data. Again, small bursts of data. That's all these things really need. The other thing it does, it'll wake the device up. 
the device is going to use very low battery uh, power until it has to. Now, what about Z-Wave for IoT? Z-Wave takes Zigbee and made some enhancements. It specifically works in the 908.42 gigahertz range in the U.S. and the 868.42 megahertz band in Europe. For a great explanation, go to smarthome.com slash SC. What is Z-Wave Home Automation? Because they explain a lot there. It really a, does a better explanation than I do here. But I haven't heard much about them being used widely, except maybe in the Apple iWatch. I think the iWatch did adopt it, which is pretty amazing. I mean, they got into Apple. I guess they just stopped there. <laughs> they hit the mother load. So as you can see, there's a lot of different technologies. I just covered high level. I have links in the blog. Just go ahead and look at the links and see what you... Um, See what you can learn about it. But IoT format for wireless, there's a lot of different kinds, but I would imagine in the end, they'll probably want something very common. A lot of it's going to rest on the life of the battery. Life of the battery is going to be key. You have to have a decent battery life for this stuff to work. In the home, they may have these other, like Z-Wave and Zigbee, but you're going to need a hub that does interface either to your router, like through a CAD5 line, or to Wi-Fi, and it's going to have to plug in somewhere. I think the only reason they don't want to use Wi-Fi for these devices, again, it's a battery life. Wi-Fi is such a drain on the battery. It's talking all the time, even when you're not using it. I think that's the problem with it, right? Now, with that said, Wi-Fi is working out a standard to come up with something for this. It's very low battery use. I don't have much information on that, but I do want to get it. So Wi-Fi has a shot here. However, for the outdoor network, I like the idea of a dedicated network to use this. I think it'd be good competition for the carriers. Everyone just expects the carriers to really, you know, take over and dominate. And they're working towards it. Verizon, AT&T, they're working at coming up with solutions for this. And once they do, then, you know, Sprint and T-Mobile will take their engineering and, and use it. I mean, it'll be in the devices. Why not? But that's probably what they're, they're going to do. They're probably going to come up with some way to use LTE. Even if they do like the home and have a hub or some other type of backhaul for the low power and then go to LTE for, you know, a bigger draw. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's going to be interesting. So there you go. It's a high-level overview. I didn't give you too much detail. One of the biggest fears with these systems is that a hacker can work on them relentlessly. That's the big problem. They're just afraid you're going to get hacked. They're afraid somebody's going to get in there and just make a mess of it. So... I think that's still an issue, whether it's LTE, whether it's on the carrier system or whatever. Let's face it. You have some hacker out there that has nothing better to do. He's going to just work on it and work on it until he gets in. And hackers are smart, man. <laughs> they're really smart. I think people are just worried that they're going to get our private information. So there you go. That's all I have for today. Uh, you guys, be smart, be safe, pay attention. And remember, I have the wireless deployment handbook. And I have the wireless bundle out there with all my products in it. Be smart, be safe, pay attention. See ya!